You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, New York Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast on this Tuesday morning. In some ways, it's a terrible Tuesday for the Giants after another embarrassing performance Monday night. But the flip side is you're up, you're awake, you're here, you're alive, the sun is out. So uh, so in that sense, not everything is bad, but uh, sadly, your New York Giants are bad. And they're here to help me uh, discuss the Giants and commiserate a little bit is Big Blue Views' Tony Del Genio. Good, good morning, Tony. How are you? Well, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a simple question. It's a loaded answer. I'm surviving. <laughs> You're surviving. Yeah, as as we all are. And uh, I just want to let uh, let folks know if you're if you're out there listening to our live stream, please uh, feel free to drop some questions in, drop some comments in. Uh, you know, we appreciate the input. And on a uh, on a morning like this, we can probably use the uh, the the topics to talk about. So so please. You know, drop your drop your comments in if uh, if you have any. So, uh, Tony, let me let me start with this. The to me, the Giants got destroyed week one by Dallas. They got overwhelmed week three by the San Francisco 49ers. But when I sit and I think about those three losses last night for me feels worse than any of them. And I'll say this. Seattle is a team that doesn't have a roster that's that much better than the Giants. Maybe it's not better at all. They were missing their two starting offensive tackles last night. Their secondary was beat up. They kept making mistakes. They kept committing penalties. They committed five penalties on one series of offensive plays. They tried and tried and tried to allow the Giants into that game last night, and the Giants simply refused to uh, to accept the offer. For me, the embarrassing nature of losing to that team is worse than any of the other losses so far. And not just losing to them, but losing to them 24 to 3. I mean, I, I wrote last night after the game that, that Seattle was begging the Giants to beat them. And, and yeah, and the Giants re- refused to do it. And, and, you know, and you just watched. I mean, every every drive was, even in the first half, was just comical on both sides with all the mistakes that, that both teams were making. And uh, finally, the Giants just outmistaked the Seahawks uh, by the second half, and, and it became a wrap. Absolutely. And I have been sort of, I I don't like to go and put the coaching staff in the kudos and wet willies. I don't like to go down the road 
of being critical of the coaching staff. But, Tony, my God, I mean, yes, the offensive line is full of backups, but it's completely non-functional. These guys don't have a clue who to block. The, the offense seems to have no plan. They either ignore the run completely or start out running the ball well and then just abandon it for, for no apparent reason. They seem determined. Brian Dable seems determined to leave Daniel Jones in games until he gets killed. And, and they seem to have no idea how to, how to get the ball to Darren Waller, no real idea how to get the ball to Jalen Hyatt. They can't even seem to get on the same page. There was a third and 11 where Daniel Jones thought he was given a run call and Brian Dable said he was given a pass call. Mm-hmm. So we, we see special teams, mistakes, penalties, undisciplined play. I'm shocked by this after the way the Giants played a year ago, the disciplined way, the mistake-free way they played a year ago. And, and it has to fall at the feet of the coaching staff. It just does. Uh, it's hard for me to disagree with that statement. Uh, I, you know, If this were the first year of the Brian Dable regime, then we'd be talking about the Giants in the same way that people were talking about the Denver Broncos last year with Nathaniel Hackett being a head coach who was in over his head and 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 a team that was just a mess from, from start to finish. Of course, Denver still looks like a team that's, that's a mess from start to finish, even with Sean Payton there uh, right now. But uh, it's just, it's amazing after having seen a team that, 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 played to I I think close to its capacity last season but this season they're just they're just totally disorganized totally clueless about about what they have to do obviously injuries have have played uh I think a big role in things and and no 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 uh, more any place else than the the blocking and last night we had a couple more injuries with uh, with John Michael Schmitz going out on the first series with a shoulder injury apparently and then uh, uh, little remarked upon but Daniel Bellinger also went out with apparently a knee injury after about six plays last night so their only blocking tight end was was gone too and, and Shane Lemieux as well. Shane Lemieux and, played, and of course, Shane Lemieux yeah. didn't make it to the end of the game. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's it's just astounding how bad this team is playing right now. Absolutely, and and there's no way that that I saw this coming. No way that that you could have seen this. It feels like it's a better roster. It still feels like it's a better roster. The underbelly of it, the depth of it is still questionable. There are still holes. There are still things that need to be upgraded, maybe more than we thought. But this roster with Darren Waller, with Jalen Hyatt, with Paris Campbell, with a couple of the defensive additions that they've made, this roster is more talented than the one that the Giants fielded a year ago. I still believe that. It's not perfect. The Joe made mis- Joe Shane made some some mistakes in building it, I would think, and and in the upcoming week I'll I'll try to get into some of those. But it's astounding 
how poorly and how undisciplined this team is playing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I would say <coughs> not as much on the defensive side of the ball last night, not that they played particularly well, but, but they, they finally got a little bit of a pass rush uh, last night. They weren't, they weren't awful in coverage. They still had their problems in tackling. I mean, the, 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 the pass, the short, short pass to Noah Fant that wound up going for, what was it? 53 yards or something like that down the sideline with Bobby O'Karake missing yet another tackle, Dory Jackson missing a tackle. Uh, you know, you we're just seeing way too much of that from the Giants. We're we're not seeing what we needed to see from from the new guys that they signed this year. The the offensive line is 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 the I think the worst that I've ever seen anywhere, and and it, it's hard to understand how it can be that much worse than than last year and some of the lines the Giants Giants have uh, had in the past, and they. And they're just, they just not don't. And, and maybe it's because of the offensive line problems, but they're not even using players. Well, um, uh, you mentioned Paris Campbell, I think. Did you mention Paris Campbell? I can't remember. Maybe yeah, I, I did mention Campbell, but uh, there was one yeah. play I, I saw, I saw a clip on Twitter from Brian Baldinger early in the game, first drive and the giants are, are in max protect and they're keeping Paris Campbell into block also. <laughs> <laughs> along with along with Bellinger, you know, and so on and so double forth. super secret max protection that yeah, didn't work anyway. It didn't work anyway. <laughs> well, and as he pointed out, there's like there's nobody to catch the ball out there, so Jones has to just dump it off because all they have all Seattle has to do is cover two guys, and there's nobody else to uh, to to throw to. So when you're keeping Paris Campbell in to protect, you know, you know things things are bad. And of course, then the one time Jones did throw to Paris Campbell last night on the goal line, he should have thrown to Darren Waller instead. Yeah. Um... It's just mystifying how there's there seems to be no plan, no cohesion, no organization, nothing. But, Tony, let's talk about Daniel Jones. And just like I've been a defender of the coaching staff, you just can't defend what you saw last night. I can't defend Brian Dable. I can't defend Mike Kafka. I can't defend Bobby Johnson. As Brian Baldinger pointed out, the Seattle Seahawks had a banged up offensive line with a bunch of backups in, and they managed to be functional against with Wink Martindale's blitzing schemes. The Giants aren't functional on the offensive line. I can't defend Bobby Johnson, you know, from that. But but really what I want to talk about right now is is Daniel Jones. We have to talk about the way that Jones played. And the scary part for me. Last night, before I, I give a whole lot of thoughts about Daniel Jones, I'm going to let you take the floor. But the scary part for me last night was I saw regression to first and second year Daniel Jones. I think there are reasons for it, but I saw that kind of regression. And I don't know at this point the way things are going. I'm not sure it's fixable. Yeah, so I think that Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. I, I, I really think, and I think he can be a very good quarterback, but he is not a great quarterback. And I think there are maybe a small number of quarterbacks in the NFL who can 
stand in in the face of of constant breakdowns on the offensive line and still function. But Jones is not one of them. I think Jones is somebody who who needs a decent pocket and needs some time to throw before before doing things. And and to me, and and of course I'm I'm reading into what I'm seeing with my eyes, and I don't know whether it's correct or not, but I I believe that what happens to Daniel Jones is that he is he is so shell-shocked now, expecting to see the pressure within within a second or two that he's not even attempting to look for any downfield reads. And uh, he's always picking up, I think, the, the short route and the first read. And if the first read looks to him like it's open, then that's what he's doing. And he's not asking whether there's a better read out there that he could be taking. Uh, it was pretty damning last night when when I think it was Devin Witherspoon was interviewed uh, after the game and, and he told uh, the reporter that they were told during practice this week that Daniel Jones likes to lock onto his first read. So, so you know, hit that and, and, and go for that. And so when the other team has diagnosed that about you, you know, it, it tells you that, that something is, is wrong. And certainly, certainly the interception by Witherspoon at the goal line on the pass that was intended for Campbell, and it wasn't even thrown well to Campbell in the first place. But uh, but the fact that, that that pass was intercepted when Darren Waller was wide, wide open at the back of the end zone, I think that's an example of how he's just gotten jumpy, I think, back there behind the line. He's he's going back and saying, is there some place I can get rid of the ball to? And that's always going to be the, the short man and never, never looking downfield. So any chance the Giants have to construct a, an offense that opens up the field, I believe he's taking away from himself because he's gotten so, so gun shy about, uh, you know, about whether he's going to have the time to do it before he gets whacked. Before I talk about Jones, I will say one other thing. Another thing that Devon Witherspoon said last night was that the, the Seattle Seahawks knew on that goal line play on his 97-yard interception, he said the Seattle Seahawks knew the play and they knew where the ball was going to go as soon as the Giants lined up. They mm -hmm. knew from the formation exactly where the ball was going to go so Witherspoon just ran to the spot where he knew the ball was going to be thrown and Jones threw a bad ball and, and it was seven points for, for Seattle. And that is an indictment of the coaching staff, of the game plan, of the scheme. If teams can simply look at formation down in distance and know what you're going to run, then that's awful. And that is something that did not happen last year with the Giants. And it it is mystifying with the same coaching staff, with supposedly better weapons, with tremendous offensive minds like Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka, it's mystifying that things like that can happen. Back to Daniel Jones, you're absolutely right. I believe that what we saw last night was an accumulation of what we saw, of what happened to Jones the first three weeks. Constant pressure constantly being hit, constantly having to get out of the pocket. And what happens after a while, we've seen it happen to quarterback after quarterback after quarterback in the history of the NFL. 
after a while, you don't trust what's what's in front of you. You don't trust what's about to happen. Nobody likes to get hit by 280, 300 pound men, you know, coming at you full speed. And he's getting hit time after time after time. 10 sacks last night, 14 quarterback hits. I don't know how many times he got out of the pocket when there was pressure. Even entering last night, he'd been hit on or pressured on 47% of his dropbacks, which is just ridiculous and way above last year. He's playing badly. I think last night we saw regression with his ball handling on the uh, on the strip sack. He didn't protect that ball. We saw regression in the fact that that he held the ball and held the ball a couple times and didn't get rid of it. He was frustrated looking for something to happen and should have just thrown the ball away a couple times. The The Paris Campbell play was bad, and I think you're right. It's like the first thing he saw was where the ball was going to go. And if he throws a good ball, maybe that's still a touchdown. Yeah. And the, the second interception, you could see it coming because you could see him you could see his feet get jumpy. You could see him double clutch and triple clutch and then just just throw the ball. Right. And he threw it to nowhere. There was no giant who had any prayer of catching that football. And I am with you. I think Daniel Jones is and can be a good quarterback. And I, But I think that what we're seeing – is just an accumulation of all of the bad around him just beginning to drag him down. He is not a guy who, except for sometimes with his legs, he's not a guy who's going to lift the play of, of the team around him. He's a guy who needs he needs that offensive line to function. He needs the coaching staff to remember that they have running backs on the roster. He, you know, he needs the wide receivers to make a play once in a while. And, and those things aren't happening. And I think we're seeing regression from Jones and it's, it's scary because the road ahead Miami and Buffalo is, is not easy. You're staring at one in five. You're staring at Washington and Dallas after that, and and this could get really, really ugly. It, I mean, it's ugly now, but this could completely come apart at the seams. Yeah, I, I mean, and I think it's you look at last night's game and you say, "Wow, the Giants are going to have a top ten draft pick <laughs> again, uh, maybe top five, <laughs> and maybe and maybe top five. And you say, "Well, are they in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes? And uh, and uh, and and if they uh, were in position to take Caleb Williams, would Caleb Williams decide to go back to school if if the Giants were the team drafting number one? But right now, I mean, you know, I, I you know, I laugh when I watch teams like the Chicago Bears playing because they're they're another team." rebuilding that seems right now to be completely inept um, but i have to admit looking at the giants last night the giants don't look any better than the chicago bears right now <laughs> no we better we, than the denver broncos <laughs> we, we expected i think everybody who was realistic perhaps expected some regression 
All right, at least regression record-wise because of the, the, the increased difficulty of the schedule. Four out of five games on the road in the first, you know, the in the first five weeks. The quality of the opposition that the Giants had to play at the beginning of the season. I think we expected some regression record-wise. I don't think we expected this kind of regression in play. I don't think that Giants players expected this kind of regression either. And I think they're shocked. We're shocked. It's, you know, I see comments here in the in the stream about the fact that the Giants had 11 days to prepare, and that's true. And it's just to come out and once again lay an egg in the first half, to be awful in the first half, to not have a clue. And is it's mystifying to me, you know, the way that the Giants are playing, especially with that kind of time to prepare. So I don't know. I don't know where things go from here, but it's it's certainly not good. No, I I think we're we're facing some dark times right now with uh, with the Giants, and uh, you know, obviously they they've been hurt by injuries, and 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 that hasn't helped, but. But yeah, it's, Seattle, it's beyond it's, that. It's, it's just, beyond. It's beyond that. Seattle is hurt by injuries too. Seattle put up a, a makeshift offensive line last night, and they did fairly well. I mean, they didn't play great, but they did. They did fairly well. They 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 kept a lot of the pass rush off. Uh, Geno Smith last night. The Giants just don't seem functional, and and I, I just I I had no answers as to how this team can be largely the same team that played so well last season and uh, it's 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 completely mystifying to me the same coaching staff uh i guess they had to replace the running backs coach but the giants don't run the ball as you say after the first drive anyway so the running back right, but the, the key the key <laughs> coaches are all the same the key coaches are all the same and yet they look completely different i think about thinking about oh, yeah they used a lot of 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 quick game last year too especially early in the season uh before things solidified for them and but we saw all of that creativity all of the interesting plays that people were 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 praising uh Kafka and Dable about that were making the most of of subpar talent on a team to still confuse opposing defenses and move the ball down the field and and score a reasonable amount of the time we don't we're not seeing any of those interesting plays this year uh, it's no just, no we're not yeah and the other thing that we saw again last night for the umpteenth time is atrocious embarrassing special teams play seven penalties six accepted because there were two on one play a muffed punt, a 23-yard punt return allowed on top of a 10-yard penalty on top after that, you know, added to that 23-yard punt return. I mean, special teams is kind of a microcosm of the entire roster and everything else, but it's it it continues to be an embarrassment for the Giants. Even when they put a Dory Jackson in the game to to return punts, he fair caught one. And then he basically ran away from the ball on every other punt and let it roll 15 or 20 yards. And, yeah. and, and that was kind of embarrassing too. It's just, there's, I mean, the defense was marginally better. 
last night. It, I mean, it was better. They allowed 10, basically allowed 10 points. The other 14 came as, you know, results of the interception and, and the Jones fumble. But still, you can't allow Noah Font to tiptoe down the sidelines for 51 yards. Somebody has to knock that man out of bounds. And, you know, how he managed to run by Giants defenders the way he did, I'll, I'll never know. But, Tony, here's the thing. The other thing that I think we, we want to talk about before we, before we call it a day. I was in the locker room last night, and I didn't get a chance to talk to Xavier McKinney, but McKinney talked about the fact that he's been on teams where it's all come apart at the seams before. Adoree Jackson talked about that kind of stuff. Dexter Lawrence was talking about needing to possibly hurt some people's feelings to get some guys to, to play better, prepare better, whatever it takes. When, when guys were asked about coaches, and I asked a few guys you know, last week about coaches, but when a couple of guys were asked about coaching, there was silence. Dexter Lawrence was asked about Wink Martindale last night, and I've defended Wink, and Wink's been a terrific coordinator for a long time. But Dex was asked about Wink, and it took him a long time to answer the question. And, and all of that just leads me to think that this is a very, very dangerous time for the New York Giants. I think there's dissension in the room, whether it's between coaches and players, whether it's player to player, you get the feeling, you get the feeling that that this team isn't as together as it was a year ago. You get the feeling that there's some guys looking cross-eyed at some of the other guys in the room. Nobody's directly pointing fingers, but you just get the feeling that this might all come apart. And, and I never thought that it would with Brian Dayball, the way that things went last year. And, and as hard as he works to build relationships, I never thought that would happen. But, but it's very scary right now because you get the feeling that this thing could all come apart at the seams. And, and, and that's just bad. I can't, I can't imagine having, you know, being back in this situation of, of having to start over with another new coaching staff. I can't I can't even fathom that. I don't think it's going to happen. But but having been in that room last night, I just feel like there's potential for this to come apart. Well, that's pretty disturbing to to hear as uh, someone on the outside, but I guess in another way though it's not surprising to hear when you see how how poorly they're playing across the board. Uh you can imagine that finger pointing is going to start to occur. And, and naturally, the scariest thing is that the next two weeks, they have games that, that they weren't expected to win anyway. And you can imagine that those will be those could those could be really embarrassing blowout games, either or both or both of them. And if that begins to happen, you know, then then you, you wonder what that locker room is is like. And, and I can't I, I couldn't have imagined the possibility of Brian Dable not surviving his second season as coach uh, and coming back for, for a third year. I mean, I, I thought they had a head coach in place for, for the next uh, 10 years, you know, but. And I, and I, mean, I still can't. Yeah, I know. I can't, I can't either yet, yet. 
someone is not doing a good job and I don't know. I, I, I don't know, you know where it is. I mean, it, you have to say they're poorly coached when you watch the way they play uh, the, these and, past, you know, few, and, and last night, especially, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think last night was, was really their worst game of the season because absolutely. They, they looked awful against a team. That's not very good. I mean, yes, Seattle might make it to the playoffs this year, but the Seattle is not a team that, if, if last night is an indication, Seattle is not a team that deserves to be in the playoffs. Uh, no. yet, you know, yet they, yet they, they, I, I don't want to say they dominated the giants, but, but they were able to easily defeat them on a night that, that they looked bad themselves. And that, that really tells you something about how bad the giants are right now. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine that this coaching staff could put a product out there like that yet. Yet that's what's happening, and I, I'm I'm at a loss to understand or explain it. You you and me both. The Giants ran 75 offensive plays last night. The Seattle Seahawks ran 55, and yet the score was 24 to three Seattle, and the game wasn't competitive after midway through the third quarter. That's just flabbergasting. Mm-hmm. You talked about those two games that the Giants have coming up. And I will say this on kind of a personal note. The uh, the Bills Stadium in Orchard Park is about two miles away from a college called Hilbert College, all right, which is basically right around the corner, obviously. And that's where my son went to school. My son played soccer for Hilbert College for four years. I have been planning on considering going to that game in Buffalo, basically just because it's, it's kind of, it's an area that I'm familiar with. It's an area that I'm comfortable with. It's an area I kind of wanted to spend some, I wouldn't mind spending a little bit of time in, but I was thinking last night, why am I going to bother making that five hour drive both ways? Why am I going to do that? So I, I, I might just stay home because it's just not worth going to be honest with you. If I don't have to go, why should I go? (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's, there's no reason to want to watch it. I mean, I'll continue to watch them of course, but, but you feel like there's no reason to watch them anymore because it, it feels like their season is over. And, and how can you imagine saying that after four games, it looks like their season is over. It's that it's just astounding. It it is absolutely astounding. Nobody saw this coming, especially with this coaching staff, especially with a better roster. Tony, you know we're at a loss. Um, I think we could continue to to spin our wheels and talk in circles, but I think we've pretty much said what needs to be said at this point. So, uh, folks, we'll we'll call it a show. Hopefully, someday. We'll have something better to talk about, but please, you know, continue to read our stuff at Big Blue View. Continue to follow our us on at Big Blue View on Twitter. Continue to check out our our YouTube channel for for as much Giants content as you can stomach at this point in the season. The way things are going, so uh, thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.